Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time you guys are listening. Two Guys, One Cup, Sean Rock. And we are joined with a very special guest, uh, someone that me and Rock have listened to for years. You've probably seen him on SNY where he has 20 seconds to fit in an entire show. Or you listen to him on the overnights at WFAN. Sal Akata is with us, diehard Ranger fan. Sal, we are ecstatic to have you on with us today. How's it going, man? No, I appreciate I appreciate asking. So explain the two guys one cup. What is that? <laughs> um, Rock, you want to do this or you want me to? Well, in our lifetime, the Rangers have only won one championship. So, yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, I thought that, that might yeah. be the case. So, we're yeah. hoping that our next show when in the future will be two guys, you know, two cups, and, and keep moving <laughs> on from there. <laughs> we started. I thought it might. I had to ask. I thought that might be it. I just wanted to get confirmation. No, that's it. <laughs> we started with a hashtag called change the name because yeah. we were hoping that. Uh, <laughs> we came close, though, this year. We came yeah. very close. We came very close to it. So, so. I want to start off first. Congratulations, Sal, for getting the overnight shift on yeah. FAN. I mean, for guys like us who, just like you, we're 41 years old, Rock's 42, you're in the same age group as us, so you grew up listening to FAN the same way we have, and here you are, like, you know, you're living a fucking dream for, you know, for guys like us that love to talk sports and do it for a living, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. It is, um, it's weird, man, to, you know, to hear you say it or to think about it. Like sometimes I have to remind myself, like, oh my God, you're the WFAN overnight host. Growing up, listening to the station, calling the station, that is everything that I've ever wanted. So to have that actually happen, uh, it's not easy. It didn't happen over a year. I mean, I've been there for almost 20 right. years on and off and, and doing different things and going to different stations and working your way up. But at the end of it, here I am being named the overnight host. It is. Um, it's pretty remarkable when you think about it. So I appreciate awesome, that. Awesome. Thank you. So tell us a little bit just about like, like, like again, you're in the same age bracket as us. Mm-hmm. How did becoming a Ranger fan start for you? Is it inherited from your, your parents or? No. So my, my father was not a sports fan and hockey was not a big thing, even in my family. You know, we grew up, my, my mother's family is all Yankee fans. I grew up in the, like you guys, in the early 80s where the Mets were the dominant team and my aunt would get free tickets. So that was an easy thing to become a Mets fan. Rangers, it was weird. I really think that it was my next door neighbor who was a Rangers fan and we would just be playing hockey and maybe I want to be different from my cousin who was a big Islander fan. And I remember even for Christmas one year when I started to get into hockey and we were rollerblading and playing hockey, my grandmother got me an Islanders jersey thinking that I was like my cousin and an Islanders fan. I was like, no, this is not right. I want a Rangers jersey. So I think it was my next door neighbor who actually was the one Ranger fan that I knew. And somehow I became a Rangers fan and I'm glad I did. And that was probably, I would say 90, maybe 91. I remember like Darren Turcott, Kelly Kissio, Bernie Nichols, Tomas Sandstrom, Tony Granado. Those are my first rangers memories so whatever years those were and then my sixth grade school teacher was a big rangers fan i think that helped as mm-hmm. well that's basically it. i've been a ranger fan ever since wow so yes you're definitely in the same realm as us because yeah. that, that was the teams we grew up with you know late yeah. 80s early 90s uh the team wasn't really that great and then obviously messier mm-hmm. comes in and, and kind of changes everything so was messier your guy like when you were a kid like who who was the uh, who was the guy you grew up really idolizing from the team Good question. I would not. And my favorite player when I was younger was Tomas Sandstrom. That's a good one. I don't know why. I don't know why. He was just my favorite guy. I remember that. And one of my best friends growing up, he loved Tony Granado. So we would always, you know, when you're playing hockey, he would be Granado. I would be Sandstrom, whatever. 
Um, I didn't have a singular guy on the 94 team that I loved because I loved the team. It's like if you ask me about the 86 Mets, I, I, there isn't one. Do I love individuals? Of course, but I love the team. Same with the Rangers. A guy like Brian Noonan because he was a righty stick and wore um, number 16 that I liked because that was my birthday, number 16. Um, you know, I love Tekanen and Larma. What, like, right, you name right. it, anybody from that 94 Rangers team I love. So Graves was the first Ranger that I ever met at my first game at the Garden in 94. Rangers, Senators. Rangers won 3 nothing outside the Garden after the game. I met Graves. He signed my Rangers hat. So maybe I had, uh, you know, a liking to him more so than the others. But I, I really couldn't give you one guy that I love more than the next. Right, Graves right. is a great, great guy, great human being, if, not, if nothing else. <laughs> right. That's the Not truth. to mention an amazing hockey player. So let's fast forward. Did you guys? Oh, you guys have a guy in particular? Well, for me, it's funny that you said Sandstrom and that your buddy was a Granado guy because Granado was the first guy that I loved. And I remember being—I yeah. never even gave Bernie Nichols a chance because he was traded. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bernie Nichols, and, and Bernie Nichols never had a chance with us, honestly, no. with the whole fan base for that matter. He's coming over from LA, scoring seventy goals. He, there was just no, there was no chance for him here. But for my guy, my guy, my first jersey was Van Beesbrook. He okay, was my Beaver, uh, yeah. he was my guy. Even though I'm never played goalie in my life, but for whatever reason, number thirty four was my guy growing up. So it was yeah. uh, he was my first Ranger jersey. You know what else got me really into hockey back then? Like I said, my sixth grade teacher and then playing, but also the the Genesis games. Oh NHL yeah, 93, oh NHL yeah, ninety four. Huh? Like that was really where I started to really learn about hockey and follow the league and the players and just fall in love with the sport through the tremendous EA Sports NHL games. I mean, they were great. I love them to this day. I so yeah, you're, you're creating an NHL 95, or you're creating a Salicata and playing center on the Rangers? <laughs> no, no, I like keeping it real. I want real rosters all the time. None of that That's right. great. That's great. Um, so let's fast forward to, to this year. Obviously, I listened to you a lot. I loved when you were filling in, especially not not the overnights. I was able to listen to you during the uh, the afternoons a little bit. Um, with your nephew is who you were going to a lot of games with. Like you said, yeah. you started really going to a lot of games this year again because of uh, your nephew. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about what we just saw. Like how how do you digest you know this this season? And are, is it more disappointment or more optimism moving forward for you? I think it's probably overall, now that I'm past the disappointment, although it's disappointing, as you know, you get that close, it sucks, right. especially Lucifer. Friggin' Tampa. I can't stand yeah. Tampa. And to have that 2 nothing lead and to be up in game three, like they should have put away the I thought the lightning were dead <laughs> in that game three. So that's definitely disappointing. Even thinking back, it bothers me. But what a freaking year. I mean, and you look at the transition. We've been fortunate. I know the Rangers only have the one cup since 94, but you go the transition from Lundquist to now Shisterkin, that is hard to do. And as long as Igor is there and healthy, they're going to have a chance, so they need to make some moves, obviously. You know, I hated firing J.D., but you can't argue what Drury's done as a GM. And ahead of schedule, right? I mean, I know the Rangers are supposed to be a playoff team, but to be as dominant as they were in the regular season, to beat the Penguins, to beat the Canes, I think overall you have to look at it as a good year and a positive sign moving forward. Who knows, though, next year? Will they go back to the Eastern Conference Finals? There's no guarantee. Will they go even further? Not guaranteed. But I would expect that they would be a playoff team for sure and one of the more dangerous playoff teams because of Shesterkin. You look at their young core, 
How can you not be excited about right. the Rangers right now? <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, they they definitely exceeded, I think, a lot of expectations this year and coming into us. We, Sean and I, in our preseason show, we picked them to finish third in the uh, in the uh, uh, Eastern Conference, but uh, they find up okay. finishing almost almost first. Right. And if it weren't right. for a few like hiccups, they might have they might have overtaken Carolina. So, but I think they fell into the right spot. Um, going forward with the team, where do you feel the, the biggest glaring need is? Like, what do you think that they need to do to kind of get to that next level to kind of push it to to the limits there? I think that they need their either they need their stars, uh, you know, Panarin in particular, mm-hmm. to play like that. You felt it in the Pittsburgh series with Crosby, right? The difference that he made, his line makes when they're on the ice. You didn't have that with Panarin. Zabinijad woke up in game six of that series and was productive. But I feel like, you know, Kreider, who scored, what did he score, 52 or whatever he had in the, in the regular right. season, not that he was invisible in the postseason, but he was not as dominant in the postseason. They were too reliant on the power play. So to me, they need a top line. Now, is that specifically a top line center? Is it a just top line in general? Is it Panarin to step up and be the player that he was in the regular season? I, that to me is what they need. A Because du- you felt it if you yeah, watched the games. The best, yeah, the best line was the kid line. And obviously the only time they really had a chance to score was the power play. So you need that feeling with a top line on the ice like you saw with Carolina to a lesser extent, what you saw with Pittsburgh and certainly with Tampa Bay. When they get their top lines on the ice, you're thinking, okay, this could be damage here from these teams. The Rangers didn't have that. So I don't know what the answer is as far as where that player is going to come from or who that player is. But that to me is sorely missing on this team. Yeah. No, it's great. It's funny. We, we actually we actually talked about the same thing you just said. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, because uh, we, we talked about the fact that, you know, we need Panarin to make sure that we get to the playoffs. But come playoff time, he was almost – other than being, other than the power play, he was borderline irrelevant. And right. Kreider, if he doesn't – if he didn't score in the playoffs, he was nowhere to be found, which you didn't see all year. You know, three, four years ago, you had the whole, you know, Chris Glider thing where it looked like he was never really engaged in the games and he would disappear for certain games. You didn't see that at all the entire regular season. And then he gets the, uh, the Stephen McDonald award. I don't know if it weighed him down or something, you know, getting that prestigious award or, or what, but it just wasn't the same player in the playoffs, even though he would get his, you know, he, he would get his when it came to scoring here and there. Yeah. And look, I like Kreider as a leader. I don't know if I would name him captain, but he did do things you know, the throwing of the iPad was great for the Benedetta. <laughs> yeah, was great. He, he, showed some, he showed some signs of leadership. He's obviously a veteran player for this group. They And look, remember, you got to credit the defense as well. The defense from Tampa in particular was, I mean, it was great. You know, remember, we're picking on a team that was two wins right. away from going to the Stanley Cup Of course, Cup of course. So, and, and we know that, you know, look, against, Carol, uh, against Colorado, it would have been you know, it would have been a challenge to say the least, but with Shesterkin, you have a chance. So we're nitpicking a team that was a really good team. And you can see the difference of drop off in performance from regular season from Panarin and Kreider in particular. The reason why we pick on those guys, not because they're not any good, but because they were so good in the regular season and they didn't hold that level in the postseason. So do they need a guy that's going to hold that level? Do they need a guy that can complement those two or get the most out of those two? I'm not sure what the answer is, but I know that watching that team, you never had a a feel that a line 
was threatening. Right. The kid line to a certain extent even, but even that wasn't a top line that you know, okay, we need these guys now to, to get us a goal. The Rangers didn't have that. Just so just so you say you mentioned the kid line, which I thought I agree with you, played phenomenal. Uh how do you feel about the Rangers possibly trading Kako? Um, I like Kako. Now, what are they getting back from is gonna be the question. I at first, you know, if you asked me this Months ago, before the deadline, trade Kako for Claude Giroux, a guy who is a known commodity, right? I would have been all for that. Maybe that would have been a mistake. You watch the way that Kako plays. Here's what I like about him. He's physical. He's big. He's strong. He can control the puck. That is, that's one of the reasons why you like that kid line is that he was able to control the puck. They could battle along the boards, and he could use his skill to be able to control the puck. I like him behind the net as well. So I think he could be a stud. In this league. So I'm not looking to give him up. The question is going to be, what are they going to be able to get back in return? So I don't know if that's the answer. Do you need both him and Lafreniere and you know, figure out how they want to work that mix, how they figure out they're going to balance these lines here? I wouldn't be opposed to it, but it's got to be a good package because I do believe Kako is going to be a player in this league. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that. Are you higher on him or Lafreniere? Um, I know most are on Lafreniere. I think Kako. Now, Lafreniere's been more productive to date, but I just like Kako's physicality. I think he could be a difference maker. Controlling that puck, man, is everything. And he's got skill. Now, he may be years away, right. maybe a year or two away from reaching his full potential, but I think he could be a stud in this league. So if you had to tell me to pick one right now, even though it seems obvious, right. well, Lafreniere, I'd probably go Kako. The contrary. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that's... I'm, that's I'm good, of, though. I'm of the belief that Lafreniere is going to just be an absolute stud in this league. Just There's, there's so yeah, many intangibles most, I've seen from him that just... Yeah, and I'm not saying I'd give up on yeah. him, but if you ask me to pick one, there's just something to me stands out about Kako. I like Lafreniere, too. Now he, look, he better fucking pick <laughs> it up. I mean, you got both these guys. They're supposed to be number one top picks yep. and oh, can't miss guys. Yep. And, of course, they come to the Rangers, and I'm not seeing Ovechkin or Crosby or that difference-making player just yet. Maybe it takes them a little while to develop. But, it, but you, it's so funny you say that because we, we talk like about two it all peas the time. In the pod. <laughs> I know. Because it's, it's, I, I said this, we, we talked about this a million times, like, the Rangers always when they get the biggest they get a top pick, you know, two two drafts in a row, and we're still waiting for these guys to break out. Meanwhile, you know, Toronto and Washington and Pittsburgh, yeah. they step at the guys and 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 they step right in yeah. and they score fifty goals. And we're still right. waiting for these guys. Now, was it the pandemic? Did it did it hurt some of these guys' development? It's possible, but we never seem to get that young player, especially that young forward. Defense, goaltending, Rangers have been money. But when it comes to forwards, they never seem to get that that top end forward that just steps in and just lights the world on fire. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and that's what they need. And I'm not saying that you know Lafreniere's got to be Connor McDavid. However, I, we were sold that you know Austin Matthews type, you know that type. When you're talking about number one pick, right. I remember being on the air as it happened. I was like, oh my god, this is this is huge. The Rangers won this lottery. They're going to get this can't miss kid. And but between the two of them, they're both okay and getting better, but they're not that transcendent talent that we've seen the other teams get, especially right away. Where if they had that, I mean, they, we could talk about uh, them winning the Stanley Cup this year if they had that. That's true. No, that's a great point. And it goes it goes back to the day that they signed Panarin. It was like, well, you, you know, we're both season ticket holders. We got the letter. You know, we have financial investment in the team, obviously, as well as emotional. And right. so when the letter came out, you know, me and Rock were both completely supportive of this rebuild. 
you know, we weren't canceling our ticket subscriptions regardless. Sure. We still go to games. And I was ready for this full buy-in of actually rebuilding in New York because no one, you know, as you've said on FAN a thousand times and everyone else, you can't, re- you know, the conception is you can't mm-hmm. rebuild in New York. doesn't matter what sport you're in. MSG, I felt, always could because they would never lose their corporate sponsors. You would never lose this fan base. You could go through a four or five-year rebuild if that's what it took. And they shortchanged it, you know, and went and got Panarin. Because if you think about it, if there's no Panarin, then Lafreniere is playing, you know, top six minutes. He's playing on your first power play. It's a different thing to where he could have been a 60, 65-point guy by now, I think, if he had gotten that type of opportunity. He's playing behind Kreider yeah, and Lafreniere. And uh, Panera. Maybe, and, and they need to give him more of an opportunity. Maybe they will eventually. I mean, I like the idea, though, of going forward and adding Panera. And they would not have been in the postseason to the level that they were without Panera. No, of course not. 100%. Yeah. But maybe there is something to that, that they have those guys as opposed to, hey, here you go. It's your team. You're our top-line center. But they're right. be comfortable. They're kind of conformed to a certain role and maybe not, you know, fully allowed to to be let loose. Which the Rangers are making a mistake if they do that. They need to be able to let those guys go be themselves and see right. if they can be difference makers. And we saw enough in the postseason to at least have hope that whether you keep them on the line together, those kids can be impact players. And that's I think all you could ask for at this point. That was the beauty of the kids line because I always felt that when Lafreniere was playing with Zabanajad and Kreider, he's deferring. When Kako was playing with. Zabenajan and Kreider, he's playing with Panarin and Strom. He's deferring. When you had the three kids together, there's no there's no starstruckness on that line. You know, they all they're all in the same spot, so they could all just go play. So I I, I agree. Point, and that's got to be on the head coach in this case, Gallant, to figure out because which I think he did to a certain extent, putting them together and then having that line develop. But you cannot be. I mean, it's human nature, right? If you're a young kid and you see across from you or Temi Panarin you're going to be a little intimidated. You're not going to feel like you could fully 100% be yourself unless you're so confident that it doesn't matter. And then in that case, you worry about rubbing people the wrong way and egos get involved and all that. So there is an off-the-ice element to it as well, or the human element to it as well, which is why sometimes you see guys go to another place and they get an opportunity and you think, well, how come he couldn't do that with the Rangers? And he goes and does it with you know, Florida or Tampa, whatever it may right. be. Well, that's there, there's a part of that too. That's on the Rangers to make sure they make the most of it. Um, what's your take on past enemies coming to play for your team? What do you mean? Now? Oh, um, I generally don't care. I mean, give me a guy specifically like Braden Holtby. Who? Braden Holtby. Yeah. I mean, Holtby, <laughs> no, I don't love, uh, Wilson, under no circumstance, would I want that guy. So, I mean, uh, Holtby, whatever. I don't like him, but would I go nuts? No. Wilson, okay. for sure, I hate. I generally don't get into that. Um, but yeah, there would be certain circumstances where if a guy is just complete dirty player that I couldn't, I mean, look, Sean Avery came to the Rangers. Kasparaitis played for us. (laughs) Hope Samuelson played for us. So there's been a long line of guys. (laughs) Bobby Holik. Yeah, right. Well, I I hated Holik. I think certain guys you'll never warm up to fully, but I don't have, as long as they can help the team win. I'm yeah. okay with that. Now, most of those cases, those guys didn't help the team win, which is right. a problem, or at least some of those cases. You know, Gomez and Holy coming over from the devil, they didn't do anything. Right. Drury, I hated Drury. I hated Drury more as a Ranger than I did as a Sabre. I know he's a <laughs> Oh, God, 7.7 7 seconds, yeah. He did nothing in the playoffs, though, for the Rangers, so he drove yeah. me nuts. Anyway, I wouldn't have a big problem as long as they could help out. Yeah. 
as as far as Igor, you think he repeats uh, his performance that he put up this year, or, or do you think he takes a little dip next year? I mean, naturally, you would think he's going to take a little. Is he going to win the Vesna again? Maybe he'll be better in the postseason, though. I, I don't think that. I don't think it was a fluke by any stretch. I think Chesterkin. I, I can't even remember to say this, but I've kind of said this on the air, you know, on radio. Shesterkin can be better than Lundqvist. He can be. He has been that good this early. When all said and done, he might be able to be better than Lundqvist. And remember, too, Lundqvist did it with a team that was defensive in front of him, right. which I always thought didn't make any sense. Tortorella, and I like Tortorella, but use your advantage of the defensive goalie and go create some offense as opposed to blocking all those shots in front of him. But I think Shesterkin is legit, and I do think he could have an encore Maybe not win the Vesna, but he'll be similar to what he's been. I think he's going to be the best goalie in the league for years to come. And he's on a better team than Lundqvist. This is probably the best team. This yep. team is probably better than any team Lundqvist ever played in front of, or played behind, excuse me. So Different, though, right, when you talk about the offense right. versus the blocking the shots, defense style. But, yeah, I don't think there's any question. This team is much more skilled than anything Lundqvist had to work with. 2C, because that's that's the that's really, in my opinion, that's where we have to address the most. Who who's who's the guy you want to see fill in for the for the uh, second line center? Um, I mean, I don't know. I really haven't <clears throat> thought about this now. So is Strom out? Are they definitively out on Strom? Yeah, from talks are seven. He's looking for seven and seven. Right. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if he needs. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if it's a, a drink at a bar or, or contract terms that he's he's trying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I, I, now I like Strom on the power play. And I do think he's a bit of a glue guy, but they need to do better there. Right. So who's that guy? Cop. I like him as well, but is he that definitive player? I mean, you know, to me, you'd like to get a top center and move Mika down, right? Or at least a top line guy, or, or a top winger that they could bring there. That as we were saying before, to make a a big difference. I don't know. I don't have that guy in mind. I, don't, yeah. I think I'm ready, though, to move on from Strom because I feel like they've maxed out Correct. with that group, right? Like, you, right. How much better can they be? Even if he comes back and is fully healthy, how much better they can, can they be? Maybe they lose a little bit on the power play, but they get better, more consistent production from a top right. one percent. Plus, they've been trying to trade him for three years. <laughs> so ever since they got him, they've been trying to get rid of him, and all he's done is put up great numbers. But I agree with you. I think, I think they've gotten the most they've gotten out of that guy for what they got him for and – he so, essentially was a was a problem for a problem, and and he turned out to be fantastic. So, so what are the better options here? Give me some of the options that uh, that you guys are thinking of. JT Miller, Mark Scheifele from Winnipeg, um, Pierre Marc Dubois, Pierre Luc. I remember reading about Scheifele. Yeah, during maybe the trade deadline. I liked what I right. heard about him. I don't know about JT Miller. You want to go down that road again with JT? Yes, Miller? totally different person than he was at twenty three years old. Yeah, I guess understood. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Right. Um, but those type of guys, yeah, I mean, and you're comparing them to Strom, you got to be better right. off. be a significant upgrade for the Warriors. Miller finished with what, 97 points? 99 yep. points? So a few, shy, few shy of 100. Yeah. So on, a, on a very bad Vancouver team. And, and, and Sal, I'm with you because I, Sean and I went back and forth <laughs> with this to see to JT Miller, and I actually went out and I watched a bunch of Vancouver games, and I'll tell you, he blew my mind. Yeah. He really played. He's definitely not the player that left left here, you know, in two that was it 2018. Yep. He's not the guy that left here in 2018. He's, he's, he's a completely player, different guys. He's the player who's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. So now he's 100%. Gonna, yeah. He 100% he's a different guy. He's just not the same person. I talked yeah, about that. I talked about it on the podcast uh earlier. So Miller, I remember seeing a picture of Miller in when he was 22 years old on Instagram with dad bod. 
a 22-year-old professional athlete that had dad bod. That just shows you that this guy did not care, didn't put in the off-ice work, and that's why he was traded out of here. That's why yeah, he was traded why, out of Tampa. That's why Vigneault was ticked off at him, right? Wasn't right. there issues with Vigneault and JT Miller at the time? Yeah, he just he didn't, he didn't put in the off-ice work. He, he was that talented that he just relied on talent. Tell me where you've heard that before in this city. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. That makes you do worry about, though, New York getting the best of them, the nightlife and all that stuff. But if he's more mature right. and ready to go compete, yeah, I'd be for that. Here's what I will say. Whether or not I have a name in particular, and obviously I don't, I do trust Chris Drury to know what this team needs yep. and to make the right move. I wouldn't have, if you told me a year ago, I would have been like, what the hell are they doing? However, Drury has shown he can put a team together, and I think he knows more than anybody what missing pieces the Rangers are going right. to have to go out there and get. Yeah, he went four for four at the trade deadline as far as the guys that yeah, he did great with that. and the roles. Yeah, and even and, in the offseason, oh, Sammy Blake coming back healthy, yeah. right? I mean, he's a, he's a guy that I loved. I think he could be a difference maker for him, especially yep. in the postseason. Uh, you know, I know Goudreau got healthy at the end, but he was banged up really um, for a significant part of it. But, yeah, even the additions he made in the offseason I thought contributed uh, well here and brought balance to the team, much needed balance and toughness. Right, percent. We we know you're pressed for it, so like we said, we appreciate you coming on. But we would like to have you on again and maybe talk about the old day FAN days. Maybe another day <laughs> if you if you can give us another day when you have some time. Well, what do you want to know about that? Well, we want well, obviously. <laughs> well, obviously, we you were on with Chris. I listened to your interview with Chris. I unfortunately enough, I'm I'm a firefighter, but I I also run bread routes on the side, so I can listen to you. I, I'm up at, at midnight. Okay. So I, I'm listen. I listen to most of your show at night, Appreciate and your rant, your rants are incredible. By the way, I, don't have to, I, have to, I have to tell you that. Um, so you had Chris on, and and he told he was telling stories about this. So one of the things, I, one of the big memories I remember with you specifically was: uh, Did you live with with Mark Malusis in Astoria? No, for I a little lived, while. I lived with Monzo, Brian Monzo, who's a huge Rangers oh, fan. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. No longer with the fan, but he's a huge Rangers fan. And Giannotti. We, the three of us lived together. Oh, wow. Because yeah. I remember Chris breaking your chops at, at one point saying that you guys, oh, you guys were looking for an apartment in, in Astoria and blah, blah, blah. And I remember you guys just laughing behind the glass. Yeah. And, Moose, and the other. Yeah, Moose I'm sorry, let me interrupt you. Moose and I were, we still are very close back then. So we we're probably working together and. Well, both, I think, single at the time and maybe thinking about a place. But, yeah, it ended up being Monzo and Giannotti and myself. The uh, the other thing was I remember the story, and I think I reached out to you on Twitter about this, about Mike. You bought an Isaiah Thomas jersey. Mm-hmm. And I, I reached out, and uh, it was a Mitchell and Niche jersey. And uh, it was it – was, the jersey was incorrect. And Mike called up for you, and he wound up hooking – somehow hooking you up with something through Mitchell and Niche. Do you – do you remember that so, one? Mitchell and Ness, yes. Mitchell and Ness. It was a Isaiah Thomas, Indiana jersey. I had a I used to oh. like jerseys. I don't even know why right. the hell it was. <laughs> it must have been right as he got hired by the Knicks and I was on an Isaiah kick, whatever. And I was wearing the jersey to work as I used to do all the time. And Mike saw it in the newsroom. And this was before I was even working on his show. I think the day that you're talking about, I was filling in on his show and running on the board. And Mike saw the jersey and it had – it had Indiana and 11 on the front, but it had the name Thomas on the back. Oh, yeah. And I was saying, like, oh, it's authentic. And Mike's like, that's not authentic. They didn't have the names on the back. <laughs> and he went on the air and was complaining about it or, like, ripping the jersey. And then they ended up sending a – they sent a Dikembe Mutombo Georgetown jersey from nice. wow. to there. That's so, a good one. And then Mike told the story on the – yeah, I still have both those jerseys. In that's the that's funny. Yeah. 
That entire I, closet you see behind me is all jerseys. Uh, <laughs> I got all Ranger jerseys? I got 40, 43 Ranger jerseys. I have a bunch of football jerseys of random-ass people. Ryan Matthews on the Chargers. You get, <laughs> so, you get, for the Rangers, do you get at least one each year? Um, no. I, what I do is I, I, I collect it. I like, I like collecting them. I have, I, I have a Jed Ortmeyer jersey in there. Matthew oh. Barnaby. Nice. LaFontaine yeah. on the Rangers. Tom, like Brett Howden. I, I actually a, have a LaFontaine, too, on the Rangers, but I'm afraid to wear it because I wore it, and I had it, this is like an original when he played. Yep. I, got it, I told you before Noonan, so I had LaFontaine 16. Mm-hmm. I like the righties in 16. But the one of the Ranger fans, as I stood up and cheered for, I think, the Mets were playing in the postseason. It might have been one of those days where mm-hmm. in October, Mets were playing postseason. I cheered on the scoreboard. And the one of the Ranger fans was like sit down, LaFontaine. I can spot you a mile away. Right, right. That anymore. That's that's me with my Lindros jerseys. <laughs> oh God, what are you gonna do with those worthless pieces of crap? Lindros, Barnaby, Jed Ormeyer. What do you do with this stuff? Lindros is other than Brian Leach. Lindros is my favorite hockey player of all time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What the Rangers used to do was they used to uh, let you trade in a jersey at the beginning of the season and used to get like 30 or 40% off a new jersey until they started seeing the jerseys that were getting pulled in. Like, yeah, I I had a whole leak jersey and my friend, I forgot what jersey my friend, my friend actually probably had an old Lindros jersey and they just, it was why it lasted one year and then they stopped doing that. Because I can only imagine the crap that they were getting back, you know? Sure, right. This guy's a boss. Take this jersey. (laughs) Trade this guy. Get rid of this jersey. Luckily, I don't have that many. I only have that one LaFontaine. I yeah. want another one, though. I wanted to get a gamer this year, mm-hmm. but I want a retro. Like, I want the old-school CCM 94 style. I'd take anybody. Messier, Rick. eBay. Jeremy, That's all I do is I, I, look at, I look for, like, the, the old Cosby's, you know, yep. CCM jerseys from eBay. Blank. I yeah, want to get them blank. Get done? The NHL store? Who does Cosby's. No, I go to Cosby's and, and get it done. I wound Where's up Cosby's? actually – so I don't know if he still has the store on 31st and 7th, but I the where they actually do the stitching and everything is in Massachusetts. So I actually just – I mail them to Massachusetts. They get done. They mail them back to me. Really? Because there is yeah. one on eBay that I've been eyeing since the postseason. Yeah. But it's, it's blank, which is perfect. Yep. But I was like, ah, where am I going to go that's going to get the authentic old school right. lettering? So Cosby still it. has it. Wow, look at that. I'm glad I came on. I learned something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's the Jersey guy. I'm the Jersey guy. Want, he's definitely do, the Jersey guy. I won't do the new stuff. I mean, I was tempted, but I'm not going to do I want an old school 94 Ranger. I just got to ma- d- d- decide which one I want to get if I could find the right jerseys. I have five. All right, right now, I'm sitting on five blank ones, and I'm still like, all right. I know Pat Verbeek's going to be one of them. Oh, I don't I know why, but I'm just yeah. I'm going to get Verbeek on one of them. I'm thinking of Turcotte on another, but it's like I, I change my mind all the time on who I want to get. You know, maybe that's a better idea for me even to go before 94 and go Tomas Sandstrom or Kelly Kissio. Wow. So how sick would the 11 Kissio be when every right. 11 jersey is Messier? So. The sad part yeah. is in, in today's MSG, someone will actually tap you on the back and be like, is your last name Kissio? Yeah, yeah right. they probably would. <laughs> well, look well, at that door. Look at that door. It's got an 11 captain's jersey with yeah, Kissio on the back. <laughs> Today's that much too. People too funny. Too funny. Man, thanks for giving us this time coming on. We really appreciate it. Both big fans. No problem. I appreciate it. It was awesome. Good job. We'll come back again. Maybe do it for the uh, season next year. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, be awesome. 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 All right. All right, brother. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good night. Thanks. You too. 
Awesome. Sal, that was awesome. Rock, we're back. That was a that was a good that was a good time. That was honestly that was just that was fun for us. So guys who aren't in the New York market that listen to the show, I mean, there's someone from Helsinki, Finland going, Who is Sal Lakata? Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Um this is a, you know, he was great. He really was great. I mean yeah. uh, I'm not that I'm surprised by any stretch. I mean, his range of knowledge was on point. I mean yeah. Anstrom, Kissio, Darren Turcott, I mean, naming, you know, Brian Noonan as one of his favorite Rangers. I mean yeah. that's 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 hardcore stuff, man. I mean, you can't you can't get any better than that. I mean you really can't. WFAN, you know, um what's the uh, Spike Eskin, if you if you if you're listening, since I know you're a big podcast guy, Spike. Don't be afraid to talk hockey on WFAN. You got a great host in Sal that knows his shit. Let him fucking go with it. And it's overnight, so I'm sure that they do, you know, they do for the most part. But, you know, you had Mark, you had Malusis, who's a legit Ranger fan. They never let him talk it. Um, you know, Beningo, Beningo was a quasi fan. But I lost a lot of respect for Beningo as a Ranger fan a long time ago. You know, he, well, once I don't he went think. Well, so he kind of gave up on it, but. That's yeah. that's the way. Unfortunately, that's the way it goes there. I mean, that's the what they want. Yeah. They don't want you talking about hockey. But, and but could you imagine a double? Yeah. Could you imagine this is a WFAN show though? Are you ready? You get Sal with Sal and Moose mm-hmm. with Monzo uh, producing, and wow. you get um, uh, CeeLo doing the uh, doing the updates, yeah. and just have the four of them bullshit Rangers for two, for three, you know, for three or four hours. Yeah, that's a fucking. That- that would be a great show, but unfortunately, it probably wouldn't last Spike, very long. That's a show, Spike. I'm taking you in this, motherfucker. Oh man, because <laughs> that would be no, awesome. He was he was on point, and I'll tell you, it's 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 hilarious. You know, like you said, we're we're all around the same age. We knew a lot of the same things. It was it was really fun to 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 talk to him, but uh, his takes were essentially what we've been talking about. You two were a lot alike in in your takes. <laughs> De- definitely more so than I, than mine for the most part. Oh uh, well, definitely. Well, the one thing I will tell him, and and I would tell him again, is I'm not trading Capo Caco for Claude Giroux. No, no, <laughs> no, that. Well, that, I I understand. I, I I totally respect his enthusiasm, but there's no way I'm trading Caco for Claude Giroux. So uh, I was pissed at losing a first round pick and getting to Eastern Conference with Andrew Cop. <laughs> but I'm stingy <laughs> when it comes to shit like that. So right, right. Maybe, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not the the best person for uh, for stuff like that. But right, no, it was a great it was a great conversation. Uh, you already said he's you know, he's going to come back on before the season, so we'll have him on again. We'll get more into the FAN and the Mad Dog and the Chris Russo stuff. Um, you know, he gave us a little time tonight, which we greatly greatly appreciate. Yeah, last um, minute too. It's kind of you just yeah, you just hooked up with him. On. You just hooked up with him. What? Yeah, over the weekend. Saturday. Saturday, I reached out to him, and uh, he got. He's actually re- reached back to me like a few, maybe a couple hours later, and awesome. And then he actually reached out to me last night on Fourth of July. He reached out to me and said, uh, "Let's do tomorrow." Awesome, genuine like, dude. Genuine yeah. dude. Really, just a stand-up guy. So yep. thanks, Sal. Again, if you wind up listening to the show, we really yep. appreciate it. So, draft week. You know, this is uh, this is the week we should start seeing some action as far as trades. As I mean, the rumors. I mean, the Rangers are rumored to you know sign Wayne Gretzky this week. I mean, we're, yeah. we're linked to just about everybody that's out there. We're linked to every trade. But you know, obviously, it's a lot of agent, pro, you know, uh, posturing. posturing. Yeah, there's there's a lot of you know, a lot of misinformation that's going to be out there this week. So take everything you hear with a, with a grain of salt. 
Um, I forget who it was that posted on Twitter and they said uh, July, the month where everybody knows a source or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, you also got to be careful. I mean, I, I, it happened to me last year with the, with the, with the watch for the blue check marks, watch to see how many followers they have. I mean, Larry Brooks does not have a blue check mark. So just everyone keep that in mind. But look at his account because I got crushed by him last year with a, a, a bogus Jack Eichel trade, which I then sent out uh-huh. to a bunch of my friends, which I was just about to press send to send it to Sean. And I'm like, I turned on FAN and Boomer was on and he wasn't talking about it. And I'm like, there's no way that this trade went down and him not talking about this. <laughs> and I listened to it for 20 minutes. Right. I listened to the update. It wasn't brought up. And I was like, wait a second. I went back. I looked at it. The guy had 17 followers. Obviously not Larry Brooks. So no. uh, just keep keep that in mind with your, your rumors. I don't need to try to tell anybody how to, how Twitter works nowadays, but it's going to be a lot. I mean, there's a lot going on with the team. Um, I'm curious. I mean, Drury to me, and, and this is how I look at it, and I don't know how you feel, he wastes the last minute. I don't think we're going to see shit, and I, and I, I get it. I hope I'm wrong because you and I need to do a show. We're doing a show tonight, and we're doing a show next week probably before free agency starts, or I don't know what our plan is for that. We have to talk about it, but I want to have stuff to talk about. Like we can't spend an hour talking about Ju- Julian Gauthier signing a one year, $800,000 one way contract for an hour. You know, oh, we, we could break down each one of his goals. <laughs> we, <laughs> <laughs> we could probably, probably break down each one of his points. Yeah, this is true. I know we had two how of them in against the game against Boston. And that was about the length of it. How much time we got? <laughs> oh God. Uh, we could break down his goals in a minute. Uh, viva la France. Yeah, viva but, uh, la France. But, I mean, maybe this turns out to be a Brett Howden thing where, you know, they send him somewhere else. I, I don't see it. I don't think he had the value. And not that Howden had a ton of value, but um, I don't think he has the value that Howden had um, just from a defensive standpoint. I think Howden And he's Howden not a center. Be, yeah. And he's not I a mean, center. So, um, you know, we we heard rumblings. I mean, Vince had it out there. I'm not sure you saw this that they were close to a bridge deal with Kako. He actually yep. wrote that. I saw, yeah, I saw that, that definitively. Did um, we get clarification on who wrote the article that uh, Mike Silvers posted today? Mike, thanks again that for is that. Larry, that was Larry Brooks. Wow. I looked on the, on the Post website. I'm disappointed because I thought he cut some corners with that, and I, I wouldn't normally say that about him, but I thought it was very – I thought it was very quick and just very like – just put it out there just to put something out there. Right. Um, he missed a lot of points, which you and I talked about on on the po- on the thing about on the um, Facebook group about. You know, he brought up Kovacs. He brought up Ryan Gropp. He brought up uh, who else did he bring up? A couple of the scrubs. They brought uh, up everybody, uh, and then left out you know the two like jewel third round picks that we did have. You know, in Duclair and Bushnevich, and a fourth round pick in Ryan Graves. Well, right. Was Graves was a third round pick. No, it was a fourth rounder. Graves was a was fourth, fourth rounder. rounder. Yep. So I mean, Foster in the sixth round. Yeah, he, well, he, I think Sturkin in the fourth round. Like you know, like, I think he's was going at from when they traded their first round picks because I think Fast. Well, Fast is on the fourteen team, right? So I'm I'm assuming I didn't. I have to go back and really read it. I, I had a busy day today, but I just kind of skimmed through it, and um, I think he was referring for when the team traded their first round picks away what they got in return, what they got in the later rounds. And and listen, you and I have sat here and spoke multiple times yeah. about the fact that this team needs to find gems in the late, later rounds. Well, I wasn't mean, Bush, Nevich, and Duclair in 14? They team on it. They did. You're right. They did. I, I, right. I have no problem with that. 
but they've they've missed on. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna probably talk a little bit about the draft next week, um, especially if there's no free agent stuff. Going if you on. have a mid first round pick and you draft a guy that plays in your top six, that's that's a successful pick, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So they hit on two guys in the third round that are top six players. Right. They hit on a Vesna winning goalie in the fourth round the next year. Yeah, and they, I know they brought up Sean Day. You know, he was a late third That's, round pick. And I, you take I know, a flyer I, I, on talent. Right, yeah. exactly. I mean, we could sit here and dissect every draft the other Rangers had. Right. Everyone passed on Anthony every Sorelli. Everyone passed on Jamie Benn. Everyone passes on all these guys. That Someone doesn't fall to the sixth round because other teams thought he was good. It's right. a guy that you found one little thing you liked and you took a flyer yeah, that, on. Datsuk, Zetterberg. I mean, I know the European factor was a right, big, European, lot different but, back then. But, yeah. but, I mean, look at the, look at the Rangers in, in the Hank. not too distant future. Hank, Carl Haglin, right. Jesper Faust. I mean, all guys picked after the fifth, 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 fifth sixth round. Right. Say that, say that fast a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> fifth, fifth or sixth round. So, um, you know, it's uh, – it's not. It's not easy. I mean, t- drafting sometimes a lot. Some of it's luck. And listen, Tampa Bay can sit here. We can sit here and 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 say, "Oh, Tampa Bay is so wonderful. They drafted this guy. They drafted that guy." Well, okay, that's fine. They were. They found Point. They found Sorelli. They found found Palat. They found Kalorn. They also drafted Slater Cuckoo and Brett Connolly and and Tony D'Angelo and Brett Howden. So right, yeah, you have hits and misses. We can, we can sit here and and you know stroke their ego all we, all we want but i mean those are first round picks they missed on right those are those that's where where what what do they say uh, cuckoo and, and Connolly were top 10 picks right right jonathan drew and they took third overall i mean they wound up getting sergachev for him but right which they wanted to sell trading high on him which was right. smart you know drew a head case unfortunately the guy's a world right. of talent but it does but he's already what 27 28 and he just hasn't put it together no, I mean he barely played. But they turned it into Sergachev, so credit to the trading. But as far as the drafting that's end a great of it, trade. that's that's an all time trade. trade. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to see. I mean, I I understand that that they only have four picks. We're going to see if if Georgiev turns into a draft pick. I'd almost rather them to to just maybe get a pick for next year. That that way, you know, maybe you could use it at the trade deadline for something, um, or you take it take the pick or and you you ship out Nemeth. I mean, the idea that I mean, I've saw, I've seen things all over the place about buying out Nemeth and buying out uh, Ryan Reeves. Which, again, guys, do we really want to go? We're just about to get out of this buyout hell. Are we going down this buyout road again? I mean, how does how does it benefit us this season? Now, this season is the year we need the most help with a salary cap, right? Because we have still three and a half million dollars of dead cap space on the books. So how is buying at Nemeth and then a million plus million in change on the books? How does that help us this year? It doesn't. It's you a million get flat. Rid of him completely. But yeah, but you're replacing him with somebody else, so it's the million it's for Nemeth and the million, you know, or eight hundred thousand for yeah, whoever replaces him. Right. It's a wash. That's why you just you, you need you, to get rid of him. You move the pick. You take the pick. Attach it to Nemeth, or you take, you know, in you know Carl, ha- you know Carl Henriksen. And attach him to Nemeth, and and you move him, right? That's what they don't have to be Hendrickson, but just ins- insert B level prospect, you know, right? Right. That someone may like. Did you happen to listen to Thirty Two Thoughts at all today? No. Did you hear about this ridiculous Evan Rodriguez thing? I read it. I read the excerpt on it. Yeah. If the Rangers replace Ryan Strom, Andrew Kopp, or whoever with Evan Rodriguez. 
this fan base is going to lose their mind. Me, me included. He's making a million. Is he, he's a free agent. Oh, so he's, he's so going to get paid. Yeah, he's I'm not going to get paid. The thing is, Sean, and, and tell me, tell me if if I'm being completely off base, and obviously you're always honest. Does it mean? Does it mean? Or is there just a ton of free agents out there with teams with not a lot of cap space? There are. So I mean, a guy like got, Rodriguez, I'll, I'll give you my two cents on Rodriguez. I would love Evan Rodriguez on the Rangers, not as my two C. If the plan, if the plan is for Heedle to become the two C, or at least start off the season as the two C and give him that opportunity, and you want to fill in with Evan Rodriguez as your three C, I'm fine with that because if if the Heedle thing doesn't work as a two C, and that the deadline they go get somebody. Then everyone moves down a spot. Now, Ivan Rodriguez is my fourth line center. I'm good with that too. So it all depends I mean, on what he's get, on what you're going to pay him. If he's asking for more than 1.5, then no. If it's 1.5 or less, sure. As a player, I'd lo- I'd love his intensity on this team, but not for two uh, and a half million. <laughs> no, no, or more. not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I I think also that that was a lightning in a bottle type because you saw. I mean, he was okay in the playoffs, but. He wasn't what he was at the beginning of the season. I think that was an aberration with him. And again, I, I agree with you. I mean, as a third line center, um, he's an know, energy uh, guy. He's he's yeah, he's, he's an energy Mott. guy. He's another Mott. He's that I'm type of player. I'm just wondering. I'm wondering what the Rangers are going to do here. And and again, there's a lot of speculation with a lot of things we're hearing. He's he's got that so, Pascal Dupuis type face too that you just want to punch. I you know, dude, you read my <laughs> that. See, that's why you. That's why we're so good together because you read my fucking mind. I was like, if Pascal Dupuis and Greg McKegg had a baby, it would be Evan Rodriguez. It would be Evan Rodriguez. It's like the three ugliest people on the they on, really hockey. Are. I mean, they're just they're somewhere in the chain of evolution. Those three. Oh God, yeah, definitely. With That's McKegg right. being the best looking of they all of them, be on, they should be on a Geico commercial. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, somewhere right now, Pascal Dupuis is is having the roast duck with the mango salsa. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. <laughs> oh man sorry guys so no, you know, just, that's a good one got me, you got me really good with that one i totally forgot about the commercial um so we'll see i mean i think that um i think the main objective and i think once we get to figure out what the second line centers who it's going to be um it's going to answer a lot of questions with it right down the road I mean, I personally would like to have Goudreau as the third line, a fourth line center with Blay, and if they can bring Tyler Mott back on at a reasonable deal, to me that's the ideal fourth line. And and you can move any one of those three guys up into your lineup, into your third line. If you you can move Blay or Goudreau into your first first or second line if you need to for for spells to give you some little bit of a boost. But uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I, I my opinion is if Heedle's moved, I think that just creates another issue because then now you only re- you have to replace you replace the second line center, you know, in in the event you get like a, a Dubois type guy. But then what do you do now? Who's playing third? So you're bringing now Goudreau's playing. This is going to be your everyday third third line center. Which again, I don't know if I I completely I completely like. So we're going to see. It's going to be exciting. There's a lot of chatter, a lot of stuff going on, but. We may not see anything until free agency opens or, or even after that. So right. I don't know. We'll probably see the Jared Tenorti type signing. We'll probably see a Greg McKegg type signing. We'll probably see a backup goalie type you know signing unless they make a trade. But um, 
I think that's going to be it. I think we're going to, I think once this next two weeks are over, we, we may be stretching to find things to talk about. So, so we're going to have to have every guest on under the planet. We're going to have to have Steve talk to come in and talk about the prospects. We're going to have Russ to come in and talk about this or that. It's going to be uh, a lot give, of filler. Give me your odds on Colin Blackwell being a Ranger next year. Are they really going to go down that road again, Sean? I mean, he's going to be I cheap. If he's listen, I take Blackwell back. I don't even know if I want him. I don't even know. He plays center, right? Yeah. They might break him back. Could you imagine that? And I don't think people would care that much. I think they'd be happy if McKegg didn't come back and, and they brought Blackwell in. But I know the yes. same fan base that will be okay with McKe- the second Blackwell's on the second line with Panarin, they're going to be losing their fucking minds. You know? True statement. Dryden Hunt. I mean, if Dryden Hunt is your 13th forward, I think you're okay. The problem is, is if Dryden Hunt and Ryan Reeves are in your lineup, that's when you have freaking problems. Both of those guys cannot be in this team's lineup next season. You mean not like for game, an extent, you mean like game an six of the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah. <laughs> not for an extended period of time. Right. Not right. for an extended period of time. For they shouldn't be guys that are – they shouldn't be penciled into your lineup, guys. So I don't know. They, they made – Sean, is, is depth – is depth forwards the, the problem right now? I mean, you have Reeves and you have Hunt. If they're both on this in this lineup next season, you don't really need another depth guy. I mean, let's just sign, like I said, a guy that's going to float back and forth from Hartford. No, well, my point is what if they're not comfortable with – if they're comfortable with Kako on the first line, they're not comfortable with Kraftsov moving up yet, and they want to keep Lafreniere and Kraftsov together on the third line, they signed Blackwell to a million dollar deal and he goes back with Panarin again. It's not what I would want. I'm just saying I can see it and I can rationalize it because, I mean, $11.5 million buys a lot of weight in an organization. Right. It shouldn't, not when you don't have any championships. And it's a million dollar it. player. I, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me. Let's put it all that right. way. It that, wouldn't that, surprise that's me. That's all I'm saying. It wouldn't surprise me if they went that route. It wouldn't. It's just he's not a name that we're hearing anywhere, and it's just almost seems obvious they regretted losing him. Yeah. Well, it's funny you bring that up. So we're talking about a name we haven't heard a lot of. You brought up a really good point through when we were talking through text the other day about Sean Monahan. Yep. Have you give give us an idea of like because I want I I want to hear from your 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 lips you know because obviously we spoke through text (laughs) your your assessment on Monahan and why you feel he'd be a good fit. Okay. So Monaghan, I spoke to two people in, in that live in Calgary about Monaghan because the same way, I mean, I'm not a basketball fan anymore in my life and I'm certainly not a New Jersey slash New York slash Brooklyn Nets fan in any way, shape or form. Yeah. But I also can't listen to sports radio in this town and not know everything about the fucking Nets because, listen, then you have Kevin Durant in your town. You, you're going to hear a lot about him. Um, so it's the same with Calgary. And so both of these guys that I spoke to are both Ranger fans. They're not Calgary Flames fans. They just they they live in Calgary. So he says, take everything I say with a grain of salt because you know I'm, I'm a Ranger fan and and indoor lacrosse is my my second love, not the Flames. Hmm. So everything that he went over with me, basically, Sean Monahan. Tell me if this type of fan base sounds familiar. All that they've said about Sean Monahan, even in his successful years, is that he's not a number one center. <laughs> I so thought only did. our fan base did that, but apparently they do that in Calgary also. Um, and that's including, you know, a season, he, 
This guy had 30 goals three out of five years, and he had 28 yeah, I'm, the other I'm two. Up his stats. I'm pulling up his stats as, as, yeah. as you're talking. He's, he's very – when he's healthy, he's very similar to Zibanejad in the fact that – and way more way grittier than Zibanejad. But as far as he's a goal-scoring center, that's what he is. So just so we, we know what we're dealing with here, mm-hmm. he's – He's now three seasons away from a forty-eight point season, which so well, he's had. So you got to factor in. You got to factor in the COVID. He's been hurt COVID. The last two years. Oh no, COVID. The, the COVID season, which he played. All right, he played fifty games. He had twenty-eight points. So he missed he six 65 games. Sixty-five games. Yeah, he played sixty-five games. He had twenty-three points out of seventy. So seven. He had set played six nineteen twenty. He had uh, twenty-two goals, 26, 48 points in seventy games. His right. big season. Was eighteen nineteen, right. which he scored thirty four goals, forty assists, eighty two points. So that was his best season. Right. But I mean, season before that, sixty four, fifty eight, sixty three, sixty two. And this is all in and his all, early twenties. Right. And all in all the seasons, he played at least seventy games, and and in most of them early on, he played in all in all eighty or eighty two games. So okay. So where did where did this happen? Where where did the uh... The drop off came in twenty twenty one, from what I can tell. But again, right. like you said, that was the that was the COVID Cup season. So um, what happened? So that, you want to know the biggest year. thing? The biggest thing that happened that year. Elias Lindholm became the number one center playing with Johnny Goudreau. So Sean Monahan put up monster numbers when he was the number one center playing with Johnny Goudreau, who's let's be honest, one of the top ten forwards in the NHL. I want to look at his cap hit. Um, it's six and a half million. Six and a half, and this, and just this just this year, he's a, he's a UFA after this year. Yeah, you know, so I just worry about his. I worry about his injuries, and, and I thought yeah, about uh, it because of course, after, after you, my my gut initial reaction when you bring up his name is no. That's my initial reaction without thinking about it, without scrutinizing it, without anything else. My initial reaction is no, because I just I don't know. To me, he just doesn't feel like. He doesn't feel like the player that would fit this team for what for what we're looking for, which was some maybe a center with a little bit more size. I, I have to look to see what his faceoff numbers are too. But um, again, I believe I believe he's my, a, my, gut, yeah. my gut. My instant reaction was no, right. and then after I after I thought about it and we talked about it a little bit, I said, eh, you know what? Let me let me do a dive into uh, to this guy's career and kind of look at what he what he's done. And why can't I find him on cap friendly? Oh, he's because he's injured. So his number. <laughs> so he's in what? La- his last year in cap friendly. He's in the IR category. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. His last. So he's on. A, he's on a uh, six point three seven five right uh, million dollar contract. And his last year, his actual money is six million. That doesn't matter. No, I know. I know that. I not know. to us. Um, <laughs> not to us. Right. Um, listen. I. I mean. I'm not. I'm. All right, let's let me, let me I'm going to try to word this right here. I wouldn't mind him as a extra piece. You know, so let me so I don't know if you if you understand what I'm getting at. If they sign a guy and they bring in Monahan also. So if they get Monahan say at a, at a bargain basement price as, you know, a question mark player just to kind of fill out their roster. I'm golden with it. I'd be totally fine with it. But if he is the move this offseason, I'm I'm worried. One mainly because of his injuries. He's, he's had this hip issue twice now, right? Different hips, yeah. Okay. Well, he had hips. He had hip surgery on one hip, and then he's he's 
just had hip surgery on the and other hip just that's now. That's usually the way it goes with joints and and because like um, once it's like it's like a rotator cuff. Right. You mess up your right, right, right arm, you start compensating with your left arm, then your left arm goes. So same thing with your knees. What you meniscus? I have my pull my meniscus in my right. Now my left knee's bothering me. It's just the way it goes. So again, I'm I'm not opposed to bringing him in. Mm-hmm. I think he I think uh, he might be a little bit rejuvenated. He has something to prove. Um, but I don't know if I'd bring him in as the guy. How'd Sam Bennett look in uh, Calgary compared to Florida? Oh, night and day. All right. I, I just look at it this way: when he was with when he was with Goudreau, he was he. You talk about what's the best, the best thing anyone ever says about Ryan Strom? He can play with good players. Doesn't mean he's necessarily a great player, but he can play with great players. Monahan prove that he can play with an elite player, an elite winger that's going to dominate the puck in like Goudreau. So he doesn't need the puck to, to, to produce. If he's going to play on a line with Panarin, that's very similar to playing on a line with Johnny Goudreau. So that's where I'm thinking in a low cost move, if you can get Calgary to eat half that cap or to take back Nemeth, which is almost essentially eating, you know, 40% of that cap hit. I mean, that's that I'm all about the 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 high the the high the high end move. You know, the right. um what's a, the low value risk, move that's yeah, low risk. Right, 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 right. So if we're getting a situation where you can add a le- and I mean a legitimate two C, legitimate for nothing, those are the types of moves we need to be trying to make, not signing not uh, sorry, Sean McCaffrey. Not signing Nazem Kadri to you know an eight by eight, con- you know eight by seven contract right now. Not signing Vincent Trocheck to a six and a half, seven million dollar deal right now. Those are not the moves we need to be trying to make. You try and you you try and find an an undervalued asset. You try and find a reclamation project of someone who uh, he's still he's tw- he'll be twenty eight years old opening day. He's not old. And it's only one year. If it, if it blows up in our face, if as long as the cap hit was was fine, you know, you're in the threes. I just my only concern is is the injuries more than anything. Else. Of course, That's but you got to take it. You got to take a shot, right? Because otherwise, well, you're going to pay. The only reason I don't want to take a shot is because this team can't afford to make a mistake. Because then you you can't replace that. I mean, well, I don't you're not giving up any assets. Up. You're not giving well, up any assets. This season, I guess. I don't know. I, I listen. I'm not. I'm not as against it as when we first brought it right. up. I, I I sat back and I thought about it. Um, I could be a little bit reactionary with my opinions. So you? I, I no, I have to kind of sit not you. back. Not you. <laughs> I got to sit back and uh, and think about it. But uh, we'll see. I mean, they're they're tied to everybody, right? And the two names, the two names we've heard predominantly, Cadre's um, only come out of Cervelli's mouth. He's that's the only guy I've heard out of him. Yeah, and that's his agent pumping pumping New York as a, as a place. I'm sure Chris Drury is drooling all over Nazim Kadri. I'm sure, I'm sure there's 20 GMs in the league drooling on Nazim Kadri right now. Guy coming off an insanely right. productive year again on a very good Colorado team. I, again, when he has to be the guy, I'm again. This is well, he wouldn't know, be the guy here. He he'd essentially be in the same role he was in well, Colorado. He'd be, he'd be Ryan Strom. I mean, he'd have to be in the top. He's a top six guy, and right now we have two. The one thing, the one advantage that the Rangers have is they split up Panarin and Zibinijad, and when you do that, you essentially have two first lines. Right. So he's going to be the guy. 
Anyone who plays next to Panarin is going to have to be some kind of – he's going to be, have to be able to play with Well, him. yeah. I mean, he wasn't playing fourth line in Colorado. He was their second line center. No, I know. But he wasn't playing with McKinnon. I mean, he wasn't playing with um, – not McKinnon. Um, Rottenen or Landeskog. Rantanen. He wasn't playing with Rantanen. No, he was playing with um, – what's his face? Burkowski? No. Who's, who's the guy that scored – that uh, former first-round pick that scored all the goals Nishushkin? for the Nishushkin? Yeah, Nishushkin. He's on the second line, that guy? Yeah. Trying to resign him, I saw it today. Him and him and Kemper. But um, again, I don't know. Uh, again, we're gonna we're gonna see. And there's gonna be a guy like like Sean said on the show last week that it's gonna there might be a guy that comes out of left field that we don't know about. Yeah, it could be JT Miller. Who's, uh, it's really seeming like JT Miller is going to be traded before the draft. They just signed Brock Besser, so they made their choice on which on which they guy did, they were keeping. They did, but if you saw, I mean, again, it, it's again, it could all be posturing. The GM's like, oh, I don't know if we want to trade him. We're still trying to sign him. Me, I think he's going to New Jersey or he's going to Washington. That That's just me. What does Washington have to give up? They're not I prospects. Think, I don't know what they have. I don't know. I think that's I think that's total horseshit. They don't have any prospects. They can't outspend us in prospects at all. Well, they can't outspend us. The question is they can extend him. That's the difference. Because if, if Backstrom's Why done, does Vancouver care about that? Well – the thing is, is the Rangers don't have. I don't think the Rangers are not giving up A level prospects to get him for a one year rental, but unless they know they can resign him. Washington has Connor McMichael. That's literally like the only decent prospect that they have, unless they're trading that, someone that off that roster. Listen, I don't know. We yeah. we have to get a prospect guy on. Maybe maybe there's somebody that we're not seeing. Um, I don't even know what. I don't. Did they have a first round pick last year, Washington? I don't even know. We have to, we'd have to look at their prospect pool. I don't know. And I must say, I don't really care about Washington. Right. <laughs> but just based off, just the only reason I'm saying that, and, and strictly why I'm saying it is because Backstrom, from what all accounts, from what I'm hearing, and I'm sure you've heard the same, is he's not playing, he, that he's done, that he's finished. He, that he's retiring? I, that he, I don't think he's playing. If he plays, it's going to be very late this year. And, but I, from what I heard, again, through the media, not, not anything second, not anything firsthand, um, that he's contemplating retirement, yeah. So if he, heard does, if he if he's done, then well, then they'll give up whatever prospect because they this the window's closing. Well, yeah, there's a ton of cap listen, space that opens up too. Ovi's doing his best Roy Hobbs impersonation because he guy doesn't get old. I mean, he just keeps scoring. It's incredible. Soccer, hockey, so, how, wherever he needs to score, he scores. So you got to think that they're going to go for it as long as he's on this team. Of course, they're going to go for it. They still got John Carlson. He's still fairly young. Oshi. You know, like, this is Yoshi, yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do. But, I mean, the Devils are the one team where that you say, well, maybe they can they can probably push the envelope. But I heard they're looking at the Brinkett. Yeah. So I don't know what they're – Who just passed on – who has the fifth on. pick they just passed on to Brinkett? Philly. Philly, yes. Philly. Philly, Philly, because I heard that Philly was um, was like really wanted to Brinkett. And then when they said the fifth, the fifth overall pick – they said, uh, no, we're holding yeah. on to that. See, if I'm the Devils, what I do is, is I get creative where I try and do a pick swap with Vancouver and and get Miller back in that trade. I swap the second pick for the 15th pick. I let Vancouver move all the way up 13 spots, and Miller's the collateral. Yeah. For, for a lot I, I wonder. I wonder – listen, the Devils, the Devils are going to be busy. I mean, I, I know this isn't a Devils podcast, but no. I mean, they're, they're looking at it Jack Campbell. It affects us, though. It affects it us. Is, it, I hope they get Jack Campbell. I pray to God they get Jack Campbell. Oh my God, I would love that. 
I love. I would love that just as much as they got Supan. I pray <laughs> to God that they get Jack Campbell. That guy is going to get paid shit ton of money, and I guarantee you, guarantee he's bought out before the end of that contract, or 100%. he's traded or sent it somewhere else. Because I don't care that that Toronto team. I don't. I don't know how to word it, but I'm, I'm just. I'm laughing to myself right now. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah. No, that's hundred percent. That was 100%. him. So I don't know. They got luck. I think he got. He stepped in shit the last couple of seasons, and I think he came down. I think he's I think listen. He I, I think he, I think that Jack Campbell is on the Alexander Georgiev level. I think he's a starting goalie, a lower rung Georgiev. starting goalie. Listen, I, you put him on Colorado, they're going to win a cup. Right. I mean, he's, oh, at the, yeah. he's at that level as Darcy Kemper. Right. You know, that type of goalie. Right. You know, uh, so I don't – I think he's in the middle of the pack. Middle to – you know, I wouldn't say he's in the top uh, top echelon. And I don't think he's in the bottom echelon. I think he's like right there yeah. in the middle. 15 to 20. And that, I do hope he goes to the Devils. I really do. So. Well, yeah, just because of the cap hit that it'll that it'll take. So you'll, you'll, you'll be wasting almost $10 million on Dougie Hamilton, who's maybe the biggest loser in the NHL. And then you'll add, uh, you know, probably a five and a half, six million dollar goalie that'll be, you know, pretty fairly mediocre for yeah. probably four years. So, God bless you, New Jersey. God bless is right, but we'll see. Just keep those, just keep those prices down, and uh, <laughs> get into the building. Just keep, just keep them down. Yeah, right. So, what else? What else do we got? <laughs> what about this? 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 This trade? This um, this ask for the Rangers that they want for Georgiev. Have you heard about this? That they want a young player that does not need to go through waivers. They want a Did young. You hear about this? No, I haven't heard this. So you can listen to it on Thirty Two Thoughts. It's a great podcast, other than ours. If you're going to listen to anything else, so you listen to them. So because they're they're knowledgeable and they actually know what's going on in the league. Or Salakata show. Just download the Odyssey app. And you yes. can listen to Salakata's overnight show. If you, not and if it's you overnight. like rants, and if you like oh. rants, oh, he is a, he is good. Not um, only is he good, but he will scream at the callers and call them oh, morons and idiots, and it's I love, phenomenal. I, love that. I really do, especially <laughs> when they try, try. Oh God, I love that. But um, so so back to the Georgiev. You you can listen to it. and You can actually fast forward to that spot. So I think it was last Thursday. Uh, I think it was last Thursday. So they had a segment about Georgiev, and the, the Rangers are looking – first they were looking for a pick and a prospect. Mm-hmm. That was the original ask. Now we're hearing that the Rangers want a prospect or a player that does not need to clear waivers for Georgiev. And, but teams are kind of balking at that because they're like, well, you know, they can't afford to keep them you know, with their salary cap situation, so – why are we going to give up a prospect? Why are we, we going can. to give up something? We, we I mean, if, if we wanted to keep him, we could. But we're but not. I mean, the only thing they could do is they they could, you know, they. I mean, Drury seems like he's a good card player. Yes. You, you, you qualify him. You qualify him and see what happens. Oh, I mean, when you're a mute, it, it doesn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so that's, that's the story with him right now. I mean, um, I think they'll move them before. I think they'll move them by the. I don't think they'll. Move, I don't know if they'll move them by the draft. They might have to wait. Yeah, maybe by free agency. I don't. But I'm questioning whether or not they're. Have they qualified him yet? The, the date for all players need to be qualified by is Ju- July 11th. Okay. So, um, 
I guess we'll kind. Of, I guess we're going to hear more about this coming up. But right, I already know. That, I already said announced that Ty Ronning will not be qualified. So that's one guy uh, we already know off the top of our top of uh, the list that's not being qualified. That is a shame. It is a shame. That is know? a shame. But listen, it was a seventh round pick that at least you know made made a little bit noise. We at least know who he is. Yeah, there's a lot of times a seventh round pick you never even hear of him. So yeah. And and Drury, Drury to me, I mean, we're going to see what happens. You know, like I like I've said a hundred times, but um, I think he's going to make his moves probably closer to when he has to. You know, he doesn't really he doesn't rush into anything. From again, it's only been a year, but just based on what I've seen, um, we're going to see what happens with that. But I'm lot, really curious if he. I'm, I'm so curious to know if he thinks along the same lines as I do with Hedl. Whereas, like. I'm comfortable going into the season with Heedle as my 2C. And if something presents itself that's better, I'm in a position to jump on it because I have all the assets. I'll have enough cap room to get what I need to get. But if but if it's not there, I'm comfortable going into the offs. I'm comfortable going into next season giving Heedle his shot. I think the only way they do it is if they completely get shut out on everything. If Cop, Strom, I, I Cop and Strom's I gone. I, I, I think I, I think there's I, I less than a five percent chance either one of them is back. So the only way they come back, Sean, the only way those two one of those two guys comes back, the only way is if there's they're at the the dance and there's nobody, there's no partners left. Right. Yeah, that that could be, but I, I don't I mean, see that's it the happening. Only way. Like you said, I mean, we can go down the free agent list. I mean, maybe we'll do that next week. We'll just kind of let's run through the list. There is a ton of unrestricted free agents. I mean, ton. Right, you know Johnny Goodrow, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang. I mean, the list is incredible. The list is 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 astounding. How it's many the- unrestricted? And then you have the restricted free agents. Phil Kessel is is an unrestricted free agent. Um, I'm just looking at this really fast. It's like the summer you know, of LeBron. You know, Philip Forsberg is an unrestricted free agent. Radulov. Well, some of these names in the past would have been nice names. I mean, Max Domi, <laughs> Five Nina Ryder. Yeah, Nita Ryder, Riley Smith, Burkowski, Trocek, Calvin DeHaan, Kadri, Klingberg, Josh Manson, David Perron, Colin Miller, Ricard Raquel, Paul Stasny. Hold on a second. Cop. Where what team will sign David Perron that will eventually trade him back to St. Louis, Louis by the by the tra- oh. by the deadline? Uh, <laughs> uh, Vegas. No, I Vegas? don't know. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Vegas. But I mean, Sean, I'm looking at Ben Sherratt. Chris Tierney, I mean, uh, at the ACU, uh, it's incredible. I mean, for Toronto, I mean, there's, there's about 20, 30 guys that are legitimate NHL players. Right. Where are all these guys going to go? I mean, there's just so many guys. Well, there's spots that need to and be filled. I mean, they, they, they were well, NHL players also, with NHL spots. Okay, you're right. You're right. But salary cap, you restricted free agents are going to need raises, a lot of them. It's a young man's league. Or maybe not, man. I mean, you thought Sammy Blay was going to get $2 million just because every restricted free agent gets a raise. He was injured. He was, True. He was injured. True. He but he didn't have to team. sign for less, and he did. He didn't have to. I honestly think this is probably his swan song anyway because I don't think they're going to be able to keep him next year, especially if he has a very good season. Based off so, of having to pay Lafreniere and uh, – you know, if he to Lafreniere and Miller, I mean, if, I'm assuming I'm assuming. Well, Kako's going to get a lot less than we all anticipated. When we did the show last offseason, we were thinking Kako was going to have to sign like a four, four and a half million dollar a year deal, right? 
So we're nowhere near that. No, no. He'll get he'll get a Filipino type deal too, two and a half million somewhere in that vicinity. He might. I mean, they need to get get less. He really might get less. Let me ask you a question. We're doing this. We've done this show for a year. We've gone through one free agency already. Yes. How many deals have come in at less of what we thought? Sammy Blay. <laughs> this season? Yeah. That's about it. And, you know, and only because he played 14 games. Cockwood, um, 14 points. When you when you put together how many points Cockwood's had in his NHL career, I don't see where $2.5 million is warranted. I just don't see it. You're, 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 you're buying up a free agent's year, essentially. Of what? of what? Of what, though? Well, listen, do you really want to kick this down the can, Sean, and if, if down the road, kick this down the road, and then you know next year he puts up 50 points, and then you, now, now you got to pay him Yeah, at least, I know, at, at least I know he's a 50-point player. I have no idea if he's a 30-point player yet. I don't know. Has he gotten a 30 listen, yet? No. But my point is, is that you just I've, I, I've said this a million times. I don't like – I like the bridge contract. I like to know what I'm buying because we've seen it. As for all the John Tavares's and Ryan McDonough – coming off their entry-level contract where they've gotten big money and it's benefited them. McKinnon, there's there's um, uh, Nugent Hopkins. You know, Look at the Colin White contract, Sean. Look at Colin White. He just got bought out from Ottawa. Right. He signed a six-year. I think he was making 4.375, 4. Some, some, over $4 million for that guy. But they have to overpay to keep their players. Right. They bought him out. But they tried to get ahead of they tried to get ahead of it. They tried well, it was a young player, we're gonna try to get ahead of it. And it fucking blew up in their face. So, I mean, it happens. I mean, I prefer I'll let me sit you bridge, 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 and then you get your contract. Then you get your big contract. And the Rangers have done that. They've only the only guys they haven't done it with have been defensemen. McDonough, Stahl, Brady Shea, and Fox now. Con- Everyone else they've done they've done bridge contracts with. Every other player. But that's that's Gordon and that's Sather. But those are guys that at least showed you something. This guy's been here three years, has done nothing. Twenty-three points, right. seventeen points, eighteen points. Right. No. He's done right. nothing. Even Brady Shea, he had a very good rookie season. Right. Very good this guy's put up fourth line numbers for three straight years. Now I'm not saying that he doesn't have talent. He does. But I mean, it, it comes down to numbers when you're negotiating a contract, because it's all about comps. And so if you're going to compare him to other guys, you're, compare, you're comparing him to other number two overall picks like Nolan Patrick. What do you think, what do you think he's going to come in for a contract? How much? What, uh, what, Honestly. What what you, is, I need to know what his, what you think no, no, no. I need to know what his bonuses are from, from, his, from his entry level because he was a second overall pick. Um, he didn't hit any of them, though. The Rangers have true. no bonus overage. Rangers have no bonus overages. I don't think they have any bonus. Lafreniere had to have hit a bonus over. He had 19 goals. He had to have hit something. Well, the Rangers didn't have; they had the cap space to cover it, so I, that's maybe that's yeah. Done. Why. Well, it's mandatory to have that cap space, right? Right. And this um, year, I don't think they have a lot of bon- guys with bonuses, which is good. Um, I'm going to look up to see if uh, were you. I mean, on a sidebar, while we're looking this up, were you were you surprised that they resigned Godier? No, because. Surprised? It's it's a variable contract in the agent. If you had to put him in, he he's he's an NHL player. He's probably a tweener. Four years old. Wow, he's only twenty four. Right, he seems so much older. It's just he is what he is, and it's depth, and it doesn't cost you anything. And if he gets forced out, 
and you have to send them down to the AHL, so be it. Rangers have $1.4 million in bonuses for next season. Okay. That's probably mostly left right now, I'm assuming. Him and Miller, I, I guess. Yeah, like like Kako's cap hit. Kako's cap hit was nine nine two five. His AAV was three three point five million. So that's all the bonus money. He had yeah. two point six million dollars each year in uh, performance bonuses, mm-hmm. which yeah. I can't imagine he hit. Other than you know, unless breathing is you know how you get a <laughs> how you get a you know, <laughs> don't be Sharapanov is how you get you know hit a hit a performance bonus. Um, yeah, that was Kako's production is that well, he's only played. I mean, since his first season, he did have 23 points his rookie year, minus 26, by the way. Um, 66 games he played and he had 23 points, and then he's played 48 and 43. Obviously, it was the COVID Cup season, he had 17 points that season. And last he's, year, 43 games, he had 18 points, he had seven goals, three is 11 assists. Well, not being healthy in three, you know, in three years doesn't help either. Well. 66 out of 70 his first year, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, we'll consider his rookie year to be healthy. Mm-hmm. 48 and 56. So, he missed at least 15% of the season again. And he missed half no, the season this year. Yeah. Again, I, I mean, unless, unless they say, you know what, let's get him, let's get him locked up so we don't but have it wouldn't to be, worry. It about. wouldn't behoove Kako to, to do that. No. If I'm Kako, I, give me 1.5 million. One way, on a one-way deal for one year. I wouldn't even want to sign a second year because I'm going to want to bet on myself to, to have a breakout year, knowing I'm going to be expected to play in the top six with these guys. I should be able to put up numbers. I wouldn't be trying to take a two-year. Right. I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. I guess it's really all going to be contingent on, on if they right. actually trade somebody or if they sign somebody. If they sign a free agent, a free agent okay. center, which – I'd be ecstatic if they gave him the Patrick Nemeth deal. <laughs> What's three years at two point five million? Yeah. Well, if he, I don't know if, I, if I, he might he might want to take that after the way he's been going lately. But no, nah, you got to figure he's got he's got to want to bet on himself. But We're we'll see. Sean, yeah. You have to be able to keep all these guys. Just you're not. I you're beg to not differ. To I beg to differ. You're not. You can't. You can't do it. I think the I think the I think I just don't think you ever keep all these. I think Panarin doesn't finish his contract here. I don't think Truba finishes his contract here. And that's funny you brought him up, and I'm glad you brought him up. Truba will this. I think this is Truba's last season where you could say he cemented in the lineup. No, it's two years. Well. Definitively cemented. Definitely. In the okay, and then and then maybe then it starts to maybe the foundation cracks a little bit the season, and then after that is what it is. But right. this is the last season where Trub is cemented in the lineup. And you're talking to the one of the biggest Trub supporters, but they're going to need to move a big contract. It's just it's just inevitable. Four two. Uh who who else is going to move? You're not moving. You're not moving uh, Zabinajad. You're not moving Fox. So Panarin. Move Truba, the only one left is not this year. I'm not, I didn't say this year. In well, in two years from now, with a year left on his deal, maybe. If it comes down to if it comes down to he's got four years left, by the way. Right. So two more years. He's got four years left or three years left. Four years left. This is his third season. So if he's got two years left on his deal, mm-hmm. I got to see what that buyout looks like. Uh, Sean, you don't want to look at that buyout. If it's only two years, 
So I'm gonna t- I looked at it. I meant okay. to send it to you last night. Well, at what year did you do the buyout? I did the buyout every year. The problem is it's still bonus money. So the, the payout is 10.94 against the caps. So you're only saving like a million dollars. For the first two seasons. So if you buy them out, say, say you buy them the la- out the last two seasons. You're not, you're only saving a million dollars. And then you've still got money on the back end you have to pay back. It doesn't pay. That's why the contract is buyout proof. It's, 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 you can't buy him out. You can't. You got to trade him. So this is June 22. So if he Do plays. It. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's sickening. I looked at it last night. I meant to send it to you. I forgot. I said, let me look at what a buyout looks like for Panarin. And so you buy him out with – say you buy him out with two years left on his contract. The buyout for the, for the next two seasons is $10.94 million against the cap in season one, $10.94 million in season two. Wow. And then $500,000. Yeah, no, it's buyout proof. Yeah, I'm looking right at it. You can't buy it out because it's all bonus money. Well, you save $666,000 every year. <laughs> And by then the league minimum will probably be double than that. Oh man! Wow, yeah, you really, can't trade. You can't it, buy him out. It really is buyout proof. It's buyout proof. Can't buy him out. Fuck fluffy haired Russians for fucking four years. And I don't know what Trubas is, but I'm sure it's somewhere in that vicinity that it's Can not. Can we get an LTIR on Panarin? Can we get an LTIR? <laughs> Listen, not this year, him. guys. Not this year. Not next year. I want to see how he plays in the play. I want to see him playing with a legitimate top end center, and let's see what it, how it looks. A guy hear. that can finish, a guy that can produce, a guy that could create space for him. I, I, I need to see him playing with an elite elite guy. And let's Heedle? see. No problem. Um, Heedle. <laughs> I think I want my honest opinion, and, and I could be dead wrong, and I probably am wrong. I think they're going to sell high on him. If, if there's someone great. to sell high on him for, they're not going to. If if the Rangers, if they can get a Shifley, Dubois, I don't know if you trade him for Miller again because he has a one year left. And if you can't resign him, then there's no point. But right. if you can get him for a younger center or a guy with some term, an elite guy, I think they move him. Yeah, in that, I think in that circumstance. And say to yourself, all right, $2.3 million, what is his next contract? We got Lafreniere, we got Miller, we got, we got Schneider in two years. You know, again, you said it. Truba is probably not. Truba's gone. I would say, if not next summer, the summer, definitely the summer after. So right. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. It's gonna be uh, gonna be a lot of hoop jumping, and hopefully, we can move contracts the way freaking Tampa Bay's been able to move them for. Because he's still gonna have value, and what we just saw with Ryan McDonough, you know. The Rangers could always just threaten to waive him once his no move clause expires. And What's what up? and what team is not going to take a chance on Trouba with two years left in the waiver process? Well, the difference with Trouba and McDonough's, I think McDonough's contract was like five, five, five million or six. No, million, it's over, right? over six, six and a half. Is it over six? Yeah, six and a half. Well, Trouba's contract is over eight. Eight. Well, it's eight, eight flat. I thought, I thought it was eight five. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, eight flat. Um, you want to see? You want me to tell you what a Trouba buyout is? No, because I don't think he'll get bought out. I, I truthfully, I don't think he'll get bought out. You don't want to hear it? No, <laughs> I'm not interested because okay. I'm sure I'm sure they all have the same agent and and made them made all their contracts well, buyout. Just, just so you understand, Truba's bonuses have been paid. He oh, okay, no so he, so you can buy him out. 
He has no bonuses moving forward. His bonuses have all been paid already. But his no movement clause does not expire, I'm assuming, until July 1st of 2024. Right. So you got him for you got him for the next two years. So it is what it is. I mean, I don't again, do you make maybe they don't make the Truba trade if they know what Fox that they got Fox in their back pocket. So they would save four million a year. They would well, say they would say four million a year on Truba if they bought out the last two years. So you looked anyway, even though you said you weren't. Yeah, going. I did. <laughs> I'm an asshole. So they're going to save. They're going to save half. So they're going to save half. So four million dollars the first two years, and what does it look like after that? And then two million a year each of the next two years. He'll probably be a candidate for that if the event. I mean, I, if it I, comes I, down to they're going to lose Miller, Schneider, Lafreniere, you know, one of those guys. Yeah. You don't the lose problem that. is, is the problem is, is these next two seasons. Maybe, maybe, by the time you know two years roll around, maybe the cap's up eight million dollars. I don't see that big yeah. of a spike. I, I mean, I, I pray to God. I mean, the yeah, what, what, so what? What are they talking about? I, I could have sworn I heard it was going to go up substantially. So I hope you're so. going to have flat cap this year, flat cap next year, or right. not flat cap? It's going to go up a million dollars. Right, a million right, dollars right. up this year, million next year, million dollars now. Right. So now, essentially. In two years, that's supposed to pay the owners back. The, the players owe the owners money because the owners still paid them during the COVID year when they had no income, no in you know no arena. And that's income. even after that's even after they gave back the uh, their, their salary for the, the remaining part of the season, right? Right. Well, even if it goes up six million, it's not going to go up a million again. It's, I mean, it should go up at least five to six million. What was the most that ever went up in a year? Like three, no, two and a half, or three? It up, no, it went up. It went up. I think it went up more than that. I don't remember. Let me look, hold on. Talk about something. I'll see if I can yeah. find it. All right. So the thing I'll talk about while Rock's looking at this is, and this is for you guys. You know, hit us back with what you think. We're sitting here five years from now. Is Ryan McDonough looked at more as a Ranger, or is he looked at more as a Tampa Bay Lightning? He's had, I believe, 230-something points with us, 95 points with Tampa, eight seasons with us, parts of five seasons with Tampa. He's won two cups with Tampa. He was our captain. So I'm curious, you know, there's you, you could make an argument to either side. I'm not I'm not saying one way or the other. But I wonder, you know, when we look back at at Ryan McDonough's career, whether he'll be looked on as a ranger or as a lightning because he was a piece of the lightning. He was our guy as a ranger. I think, I, I think that's substantial and obviously the career numbers, it's not even close, you know, what, where he was more productive. So just looking at this. So in, in, in 07, 08, the cap was 50.3 million. Okay. In, in uh, 08, 09, it jumped up to 56.7. Six million uh, so dollar up. jump. Almost $6 million jump. And that's almost like 10%. 9-10, it only went up, from what it looks like, it, it stayed flat. It only went up $100,000, which is weird. Wow. Then it went up a million, went up to 59.4, you know, 10-11. 12, it went up to 64.3, so it jumped up almost $5 million there. Okay. Uh, what year was that, 12? How could that be right? What year was that? was 12? Yeah, then it says twelve and thirteen. It went up to sixty. It went down to sixty million, but it never went down. Maybe that's without the escalator. 
Well, that was the new CBA. Remember, there was the lockout that season. Oh, you know, so they rolled it back. They rolled it back four million. All right, so it says sixty here. I'll double check that. And then, uh, where's the next season? How come it doesn't show me? I'm sorry, this is bad podcasting. Um, you just gotta sit there and go, stay. okay, okay. Uh, uh, carry, carry the three in there. You just gotta carry the two somewhere. Oh, here we go. Here's the history. All right, so twelve thirteen. Uh, all okay, right, so it was half the season. So it was prorated. So, um. You can spend up to seventy point two million in twelve thirteen. So it went from sixty four point three to seventy point two prorated. Okay. So it was actually sixty million, but you could spend up to seventy point two prorated. Okay. Then it was then it, well then it, then it goes up to sixty. All right. So so say it's sixty million. So they, they right. kind of they did something with the lockout year. Then the next year it was sixty four point three in thirteen fourteen. Fourteen fifteen was sixty nine. Then 71 and 15, 16. So it jumped up two and a half million there. And two million, two million, four million. So five, five, six million, five or that's, six that's million reasonable. is the highest it's ever yeah. jumped up. 06, 07, and then 07, 08, it jumped up a little over $6 million. And that, that's been the highest it's ever been. So I stand corrected. I thought it was higher than that. But still, I mean, $6 for- million dollars is substantial. Yeah, no, that that would be huge. That's yeah. literally yeah. signing one of our guys. So, yeah. man, so, that's a huge number. I mean, that's that's. I mean, if they can get it up to, because you remember, you remember they were talking about when they were talking about with the, being the contract and everything else with the new contract and the the new TV deal. It was supposed to go up to eight. I thought it was. I could have sworn. And tell me if I'm wrong. And tell me if you didn't hear this. That it was going up around eight million dollars. That it was going up substantially based off of those things. Pre, pre, obviously pre-pandemic. Did you yeah, not, did, did you not hear that? Or I don't, am I, am I don't I remember. Wrong? I don't remember okay. to be honest. Okay, I'm going to look that up and I'll tweet that. But out. But based on based on how much money the the league has generated this past year, that sounds right. The league made a fortune this year. They had their most successful year monetarily why, why, ever. Why are we still behind? Because they because the players need to pay the owners back. But shouldn't it be a lesser time now? So if we have another banner year next year, they're still going to be two, three, two years behind. They only, they only went out two more years because that was guaranteed that they were going to go out two more years. That was if all goes well, which it is going well. It could have been longer if they weren't doing this well. Yeah. So they said no matter what, it's going to be two more years because that's what their models had. You know, I'm not an economist in any way, shape, or form. But that's what their at best case scenario is only going to be two more years. If it was worst case and or you know if the league floundered or if COVID had hit again or you know arenas were you know canceling or shit like that, yeah, it would be longer than two years. But every everything is, you know, knock on wood, they had that they had their best season ever in revenue. That's right. HRR, hockey related revenue. That's great. So hopefully we'll only have to deal with this for another two more seasons. Right. So next season and the season after. Right. And that's when everyone Which starts in to Rangers become world, In Rangers world, it sucks because that's when we need the most help. Oh. That's the truth. And then you got other guys coming up for contracts. Like we talked, we talked about, you know, Ryan Lingman is going to need a new deal. And, you know, Braden Schneider is going to need a new contract. And, you know, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So 
they're going to have to get creative. I mean, it's the only way. And they're going to have to find gems like the way all these other teams do. They're going to have to sign a Corey right. Perry for a million dollars or Pat Maroon for a million dollars. That's that, that's who that guy – these are the guys – that this is the guys how you guys – how you build a team and how you win a championship is by finding these hidden gems where right. you finding value you, where other teams don't. But right. you do what Tampa's been doing, but you don't pay for Tampa's guys afterwards. I mean it was nauseating the amount of people that wanted to sign Nick Paul. Nauseating. I'm so glad he signed. Did you see his contract though? They paid him. Seven years. Seven years, Sean. Yeah, but at what, seven? three million a year? It's like twenty one million total. I know, but seven seven years. Well, I guess we signed Goodrow for six years. I mean, I guess it makes sense. And I'll tell you, but I'll tell you, Goodrow's Goodrow's been fantastic for this team. I mean, he's like he's like a Jesper Faust. When he's I mean, been, when he's been put in the right role, he's been fantastic. We've seen him play on the first line and curse his name ten times a game. No, it's funny. I, not uh, his fault. MSG, <laughs> no, not at all. MSG was playing uh, the Florida the first Florida game the Rangers played against Florida, and uh, Goodrow made this like no look pass to Fox with like five seconds left in the first period, and uh, he shot Fox scored the shorthanded goal. I don't know if you remember the game, but. Uh, I was like, man, what a great freaking pass. Like, I, so I just never expected that out of him because he's not talented offensively. But <laughs> he just every once in a while, he does something that wows you. Like, I don't ex- – I just don't expect it. Darren, Darren McCarty, Darren McCarty, game four against uh, Philly. Career high. Guys are career all high. still – these guys are all still NHL players. They're, yeah. they're all capable of doing something great at any time. I mean, even look at Colorado this year, Sean. I mean, Darren Helm. Yeah, I mean, he, they brought him in for nothing. I mean, for for a minuscule amount of money. This is how the Rangers are going to have to build out their team. So we're going to see. We're going to see if, if they're able to to find these guys. Have you seen? Uh, I want to change change it up here. Have you seen Unrivaled yet? yet? Not yet. No. Ah, oh, you got to watch this. Time. We'll watch it and we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. Let, let's let's just do this. Let's get to the free agency and the draft. I'll watch it and we'll we'll talk about it when we have. I'm sure when we'll be salivating for something different to talk about, we'll talk about it. I'll I'll, I'll just throw one thing out there because it doesn't ruin it at all. I never knew Mark Crawford was an absolute fucking psychopath. Oh, you never heard Sean Avery talk about him? Yeah, but Avery's. I, I take everything Avery says with a grain. As much as I love Avery, I don't know. Everything Avery said is true, though. I take I everything understand. he says with a grain of salt. But yeah, no, I, Mark Crawford literally with the footage that they showed of Crawford going at Scotty Bowman on the bench, incredible, Un- unbelievable footage. It's uh, if you guys want, um, what did I say? Oh, what the hell did I just say it was called? Un unrivaled, unrivaled on uh, ESPN Plus. Definitely watch the ESPN Plus version because it's two hours, two hours and seven minutes, commercial free. But it's awesome. Good old time hockey. I'm definitely going to watch it. I just need to uh, have two hours where my wife doesn't want to watch something and her babies are asleep. And it made me look at it made me look at Sackick the whole time as a piece of shit. I don't know. (laughs) Really? No. Well, not not because of them. Because of you know, he just won a cup now as the uh, stingy GM of of the Avalanche. You know what? It's funny. It's it's funny. Like you see these guys like like Eiserman and and Sackick and you know these these guys that you grew up watching and playing and. You're like these. There's nothing these guys can't do. It's amazing, right? It really is amazing. It just to see some of these guys like they were Hall of Fame stud players, and they step and they step into a management role, and they're just fucking as good. 
It's incredible. Uh, it really is incredible. It makes you wonder why Messier never got a shot. I don't know. You know what? I, I, listen, you know me. Messi is my favorite all-time Ranger by far. He's one of, He's my favorite all-time Ranger. I wear 11 when I play. Um, There's something I think amiss with him because I feel like he's constantly diving into these business ventures that are failing. Like, I, I don't really know what his game plan is. Like he tried the helmet thing that failed. He tried um, this game seven uh, clothing line which I actually got a couple of pieces from him <laughs> that failed uh, from what I can tell. I mean, I tried going on buying some more. I you know, don't think he can get anything anymore. It was on Instagram. I don't know if anyone else saw it. He tried this, this, this rink thing in Brooklyn, I think, right? In the Bronx. That, in the Bronx. Is that, yep. what's the story with that? I, don't, I think that kind of fell apart. I don't, I don't know if COVID destroyed that or not, but yeah, that's, I don't know. I just, he left like, the Rangers to concentrate on that. Yeah. I, I question <laughs> his, I think when you're that type of person, when you when you can do that kind of stuff on the ice and it doesn't translate – when your success doesn't translate off the ice, I don't know. I think he could do anything he puts his mind to. I think if he wanted to be a GM, I just think that he has too many other irons in, you know, in the fire. So I don't really know if that's his top priority is, right. to, is to be hockey like that. I think he has too many other things that he has going on. It's just crazy. Edmonton is literally brought in – Everyone else, all the other boys on the bus, right? Like everyone besides Glenn Anderson and Messier have been brought in because he has too cush of a job with the Rangers. That's incredible. That's incredible. I know. But, um, I mean, Kevin Lowe has been in and out of that place. McTavish has been in and out of that place. Gretzky is a special advisor. Like, I don't think Messier's ever held – I don't know. I don't know about coffee. Coffee. Just want to call coffee at, at at a game with them together, a bunch of them. But it might have just been something. Like I think that. probably when they closed the old the uh, Northridge Arena, that's probably what it was. A couple oh, years maybe. ago, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, but you know, Messi has never been a coach there. He's never been given a GM chance there. It's just I don't know. It's like if it didn't happen there and it didn't happen here, it obviously wasn't going to happen anywhere. And it's just, I don't know, it's crazy to think. Messier wanted to be the coach. Of, I mean, my, my thing with Messier always was, why would you want to tarnish your legacy right. as the greatest, probably the greatest captain, greatest player? I mean, God help Jobert. God love Jobert and, and, and Park and Rattel and Jockerman and all those guys from the 70s. You know, obviously we know the history with the way Bill Cook and, and those guys get, get completely treated, completely forgotten about. Right. Why would you want to? Why would you want to put yourself in that position? I I, I don't understand that. Because it's the only other way you could ever lift the cup. Maybe he should have been the GM. Sather should have groomed, groomed him to be a successor. He was. Maybe, maybe he just realized maybe, he wasn't. He what? His takes were awful. Maybe he was. Maybe his line of thinking were too much like nineteen, you know, ninety four, right. not, not two thousand fifteen. But it bothers me also because he always seemed to have his. It's, it felt like he had his heart set on coaching and his foot set on being in the front office. Does that make any sense? Like he was the assistant no, GM. No. I don't but think, I think he knew what he wanted. Right. He was a special advisor. He was never assistant GM. I thought he, he was. The, the, I thought he, he was. was. The, he was the special, advi- special assistant to the GM, something like that. That was his title. Okay. I'm pretty sure. But then he would take a head coaching position. It's like, if, are you trying? Are you grooming yourself for a front office position, or you want to be on the bench? Like, 
I, I, you know, unless you're Jim Schoenfeld, I don't know how you do them both. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Schoenfeld's the only one I can think of that's like that was you know successful both on the bench and up top. Yeah, I don't. I I think he made the right. I think they made the right choice. I think I think they saved him from a, from an embarrassing yes. embarrassing situation. Sure. I mean, Passion. sure. Look at Trottier. Trottier's one of the best players. I hate the Islanders. You know that, but sure. Brian Trottier was one of the best players we had ever played the game. He was a terrible coach. Terrible coach. He's never and, gotten done a sniff as another another at another right, job. Not a right. sniff. Nope. <laughs> Not even an interview. Have you heard Brian Trottier even getting interviewed? No. Interviewed for a freaking job. Other than his big handwritten manifesto that he sent Sather. <laughs> I mean, that's it. You're Nick Harris, you're in a sniff. And I give Eddie Guy the the the, the uh, he's the one that said it talked about the manifesto. I'm the manifesto sure, from, from BSU. So I give him credit for that because that's a great freaking line. But it's the truth. Great play. Gretzky wasn't a great coach. I understand that that, that that Phoenix wasn't a great team at the time, but Great players very rarely transition into great coaches. The worst, I mean, the worst case of that. Tortorella even play the NHL? No. The worst case of that ever is Ted Williams. Ted Williams was yeah. the manager, oh, what the, the Washington Senators in like 1969 or 1970. And he couldn't understand how the players couldn't see what he saw. Mm-hmm. He, couldn't, he, could, he couldn't fathom it. He's like, wait, you, how do you not see that? What about Yogi Berra? He didn't come back to the Yankees for years because they fired him as a coach. Right. But he and and he was a bad manager too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's very few coaches that were great players. Right. Very few. In any sport. How's Steve Nash doing as the coach of the Nets? Whoa. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. and I'm not a big basketball guy, but it doesn't work. It's just how did Isaiah would Isaiah was Isaiah Thomas ever the coach of the Knicks, or was he just a GM? He was a GM. Did okay. he coach for a little bit? He may he have. Might have st- he might have came he, down. He was like Sather, where you know maybe he coached for a little bit, but he was always the GM. I can't remember if he ever came down to coach like for a few games. I don't know if he coached with with, with Frank Layden was the GM. I wasn't sure. Scott Layden. Scott Layden. That was the beginning of the end for the Knicks. Was Scott Layden? <laughs> Scott Layden. Talk about a guy who never got another sniff. And, we're gonna. We're, I mean, Jeff Jeff Van Gundy. He was one of the better coaches in, in Knicks history. Coach. Never played the game. No. He never played. A D three. He played D three. Yeah, that was that was a that was a famous uh, post game uh, press conference where someone mocked the fact that he never played and during the post game. He said, "Well, I guess so and so never saw my uh, D three uh, stats at whatever you know whatever co- little college he went to." Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, listen. I mean, I, Love I just feel that Messier. They saved they saved him from a, from a world yeah. of embarrassment. The Knicks have done it with Patrick Ewing. Ewing has begged to interview for a head coaching. The Knicks have gone through four, 46 head coaches since he left. And the Yankees did it with Mattingly. And Mattingly's the only retired Yankee that not, did, not, did not win a World Series. Yeah. And they still, they were like, you know what? No, you're not going to be the coach. Well, he was a coach. He was he was under Tory. He was an assistant coach. Yeah, he, he was never, a coach. never got never the head manager. coaching job. Yeah. He was passed over right. by the head coach. It'd be like Derek Jeter coming back and coaching the Yankees. I mean, come on. If he failed, what would that be like? Seven-part miniseries. He doesn't fail. He's Derek Jeter. Yeah. Listen, if anyone can be a coach and or succeed at anything, it would be that guy. There's he's, just certain players that just have have a thing about them where they just don't fail at anything they do. He's a fraud. Yeah, he failed at the Miami Marlins. 
failed. No. He failed at running a team. You're not. You're low, you're talking to. I wasn't the biggest Jeter fan. As am I one of the probably the one of the few Yankee fans that was not a big Jeter supporter. There you I go. know there's something about him that I didn't that just didn't just rub me the wrong way. Was it because maybe he was, was team first, but wouldn't move off a shortstop when Alex Rodriguez was the better defensive shortstop? No, I I just think there's just some. I I think me for me it was just more of a jealousy thing. Wow. <laughs> to see what kind of life he lived because he got Mariah but, Carey and you didn't. <laughs> well, Mariah Carey, Jordi, Jordana Brewster. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, what was it? What was the other chick that he was chilling with? Um, Mika Kelly. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the list. The list is endless. It's and that's a good just, list. That's just, a, that's just the celebrities we're talking right. about. We're not even talking <laughs> this about is the people we know and random chicks that he used to find out at the China Club. Yep. So no, I'm 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 not. A, I'm just kidding about that part. But yeah. there was just something about Jeter that. I don't know. Just he was a great player, but he wasn't like warm. Like there was just nothing. He wasn't endearing to the fans. Like I was never like drawn to him, like on an emotional level, the way I was for Messi. Like Messi would cry, you know. I, I don't know. Just I, and even even Richter, like even Mike Richter, greatest probably one of the greatest Rangers goalies. I was never drawn to the guy. He was just to me very blasé. Just nothing. There was nothing that really. I don't know how to explain it. I maybe I'm maybe I'm not explaining it right, but. For Richter, for me, it was there were so many bad years at the end that it overshadowed. It it left you such a bad taste that you couldn't just wait for him to retire at that point. Like Hank, Hank only had those those two years at the end. Years ago, they should have let Richter walk. Yep, years ago, I said it a million times, but it is what it is, man. I mean, sometimes you, you. This is why. Maybe in a salary cap era, maybe if there's salary cap back then, Richter doesn't come back. Or maybe no, he won't come back yeah. for a cheap contract. We don't know. But I think loyalty is sometimes a, a big problem when, when, you're, when you're basing it on, on contracts and why teams fail. Right. But take, I mean, look at Tampa. Tampa is the perfect example. Beautiful. It's a beautiful example. It's a beautiful example. Because- be loyal. Now, they might go out and get Pilat a ridiculously stupid contract. But they chose pick and choke. Cho- they pick. They were able to pick and choose exactly who they felt was the most important, and they don't. They, I don't it know was, who's going to replace McDonough on that blue line. Sergachev. Sergachev's going to move up. So who the t- uh, Chernak? I heard. So I heard also that they're, they're trying to resign Chernak. Right. They're trying to resign Palat and and Sergachev. Those are the three guys that they're uh, they're gearing up to try to try to resign and whatever. So right. So let me ask you this, yep. and we'll we'll segue towards ending this here. But um, your gut feeling, first Ranger move, when is it coming? Like even re-signing somebody? Anything, just anything of substance. I'm not talking about re-signing Libor Hayek. Let me, let I'm me, talking about. Let me something check of Twitter, substance. see if anything's happening. I just thought. I, <laughs> <laughs> I would have get an alert anyway. Before the draft, I think I think Kako gets uh, re-signed before the draft. So you think that's the first domino that falls? Yes. Okay. And then what would you say the second domino that falls, if you were to guess? <sighs> is it the second line center spot? Is it the seventh D-man? Is it is Nemeth traded? It, give me give me your Nostradamus predictions for the next week to come before free agency. Um, when's the buyout window open? It's open now. Oh, it is open now. When's it closed? Yeah, it's open now. Uh, I th- think – before free agency or I think it's right before free agency. Okay. Cause what I'm starting to think is that n- the Nemeth draft pick will be next year's pick. It won't be at this draft. So I don't think Nemeth will be moved 
before this year's draft. Teams want 2023 draft picks. Okay. And we're light on picks this year. What do we what what are our picks next year? Just out of curiosity. I'm gonna take I think we have back. everything. No, they traded it. They definitely don't have the third. So they have um see why is there a star next to their second round pick for next year? Because it was conditional. Or do they give it to Yeah, no, there was conditional. They they had the choice of this year's or next year's. No, because Winnipeg. Oh, so Yeah, but they took they took St. Louis's this year, so they already took the pick. So they took St. Louis's pick this year, and they get a first round pick this year, right? Right, but they had the option. So they, already got, they already got two picks. They had the option of next year's second rounder or St. Louis's pick this year. Sean, they have no third, fourth, or fifth round pick next year. Right next year? year, none. They have their first, their oh, second. Wow. They have no three, four. They have no three, four, or five pick. They trade it. Well, let, let, I'll tell you right now. I think I think one of them is Braun. I think Braun, Vetrano, and uh, oh, and they traded their fifth round pick to their 23, 2023 fifth round pick to, to to Winnipeg. They gave up Morgan Barron. They gave up a first, a second, and a fifth for Cop. Beautiful trade. But the Rangers got a sixth round pick in twenty three. So they right. essentially they switched. They swapped there. They swapped. So. They got their first, their second next season. And Baron. And they got picks. Well, I'm just telling you what the, the draft picks the Rangers yeah. have for 20, 2023. They got first one and two. They got two in the sixth round and one in the seventh. That's what they got. So not many draft picks to go there unless we're starting to go into 2024. <laughs> Why not? It's like the NBA. <laughs> 20, the 2032 uh, second round pick. Yeah. They'll probably get a draft pick for Georgiev. They'll probably get a draft pick for something else. I mean, they'll probably they'll probably accumulate draft picks somehow, but whew, there's, there's not much in the cupboard right now. They'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Right. Let's wrap this up. Um, yep. It was a great show. Thanks again to Sal Akata for coming on with us to start it. And yep. uh, it's draft week. Let's see uh, what news is out there, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Later.